This is the Cash Value Solutions Podcast, where your hosts, Jason Polmeyer and Kyle Mann, shed light on little-known money truths to help you take control of your financial future and become your own banker. Subscribe, rate, and review the show, and check us out at CashValueSolutions.com. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Cash Value Solutions Podcast this week. We're going to be back in our book review, and where are we going to get started, Kyle? Um, We're going to be talking about expanding the system to accommodate all income. And this is something that everybody in the infinite banking world has a different opinion on. Yeah, what? Like, what do you mean? Expanding the system to accommodate all income? And first, yeah, that can be very daunting to hear at first. Like, what? I need to put all my income in one of these policies? Especially if you're coming from the paradigm of uh, buy term and invest the rest, where you're looking at this as... I'm just finding the best bang for my buck as far as life insurance. Then you've come over to the infinite banking world. Okay, this is starting to make sense. Then you're exposed to this idea like, whoa. Yeah, why Why would I put all of my money in a policy? It's hard to fathom. So yeah. let's break it down to people. Um, the yeah. first thing you should know is this does not happen right away. This is minimum 15 years out in my opinion. Yeah, and it depends on everybody's situation. Like for farmers, like large farmers, this is going to be a long time probably if you have huge operating expenses. Smaller farmers, I mean, I think you could probably get it done a little quicker. And if you're employed somewhere, you could probably um, get that done quicker too. But that shouldn't be the ultimate goal is to get all of your money in a policy, I don't think. I don't think so either. The first goal should be to understand what the banking function is and start to control a part of it in your life. Yeah. Which is what we're doing with infinite banking. Mm -hmm. We're accumulating cash somewhere in our lives. With infinite banking, we're doing it with dividend paying whole life insurance instead of a traditional bank. Then we're borrowing against the policy to finance um, business expenses, maybe vehicles for some people, et cetera. Yeah. And Let's kind of talk about what, you know, Nelson's perspective on this, like what he wrote. So like, you know, he, he starts off with saying, doesn't all your money go through someone else's bank right now? And if you just stop and think about that, Kyle, where have you accumulated, li- uh, excuse me, money in your life? Yeah, in a savings account. Right. So he is spot on here. This is the simplest way that you can possibly think about this. Mm-hmm. You're accumulating money somewhere. Yeah. And uh, we kind of talked about this um, in last week's show about taxes and IBC, about how, you know, saving up, if you have a tax bill of $20,000 a year, saving up that $20,000, you are saving it up in a savings account. Well, why not just do that in an, an IBC account? Well, I can list off one problem, and that is because you have to go through the capitalization phase first. Yes. But once you've done that, there is no reason why you cannot do that. Yep. And to back up just a little bit, why why does it not make sense to do that? Okay, every time you're putting premium into a policy, you're capitalizing it. Kyle and I refer to the capitalization phase as uh, the early years of the policy, okay? We're getting this thing off the ground. We don't have as much cash value in the policy as we've put money into it. Yeah, you're looking at what depending on who you are like you're looking at having anywhere from 65 to 80%. Yeah, it's going to it's going to range. Mm-hmm. And you know, everybody's situation is different. 
So just take that as a guide. Don't take that as set in stone, you know? Yep. Everything's different for everybody. But that, yes. And, but that is the, the reason why we always say, you know, with a capitalized policy, then these things make a lot more sense to people. Yeah. I mean, it, it makes a lot more sense to borrow when you have a capitalized. I mean, it's a lot. Well, it, it starts to cash flow. Yes. Okay. You aren't negative uh, with the dollars put in versus what your cash value is. Mm-hmm. Okay. But that's just a part of starting any business. There's yep. capitalization that goes into it. This is a banking business that we're that we're creating. But along, I mean, even if you don't have full access to all dollars, you know you're going to get those dollars back, and you're in control. So that's and you have death benefit protection as well. Absolutely. I mean, if you put your money anywhere, um, you know, there's chance of loss. Uh, typically, you know, with a with the market, you can lose principal. Mm-hmm. Um, if you start a business, you have no idea whether you're going to make money or lose money. That's a significant investment, okay? The the things that you aren't subject to loss, like a savings account at a traditional bank, you're using somebody else's business. And because of that, the growth rate of your money is unbelievably low. Yeah. And I use my policies to fund my business, and they're not fully capitalized yet. Right. So. It It can make sense. It just... I guess why we're talking about this so in depth right now is because we're talking about putting all of your income into a policy. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't make sense to do that right away when you're capitalizing. No. And depending, I mean, you can find, you know, videos on YouTube or other podcasts who talk about putting as much money as you possibly can up front fast, you know, and that's not our, our thought. I guess we want you to get started comfortably where you know you can pay premiums, you learn the concept, you're comfortable with it and you know grow from there. Right. And and two, I think you'd agree with this Kyle. Everybody has a different level of understanding when they come into this. Mm-hmm. If you especially for those of you that have a very light understanding, you don't completely grasp the concept that is not a situation where we would ever recommend starting something that's a large policy for your situation. Yeah. Because you need to learn how to use it. Once you become comfortable with that, it, it's just going to uh, be a lot easier um, f- for you to to grasp, I think. And we're gonna, in that type of situation, we're going to focus on providing more education before the premium to is paid. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. So, yeah, but anyways, getting back to what Nelson was saying in the book. Yeah, Nelson says in here, it seems a little ridiculous, but my all-American man on page 17 is depositing all of his paycheck in a bank. Someone else's bank. Yeah, someone else's bank. And then writing checks for 34.5% of every dollar to pay interest alone back to someone else's banking system. And why does he do this? Because he doesn't know a different way. Yep. He's always been taught, um, you know... Purchase the life insurance um, that is the cheapest and then invest the rest, you know? Uh, Mm -hmm. The problem with that thinking is you aren't capitalizing a system which you're in control of using. And you also are, by doing that, uh, it's easy to not invest or put away money, okay? If you don't have the thought process of capitalizing something. Yeah, and... That 34.5%, whatever dollar amount that equals to, 
That is poof gone forever, never to be seen again. Never to work for you again. No. Right. That's incredibly, an incredibly huge number when you start looking at that over over people's lifetime. That's what lost opportunity cost is. And the older we get, like, you know, he says in here, once a pattern of life is learned in a culture, it is nigh unto impossible to change. Very hard to break that paradigm. It is. Um, in my own personal life, I would say, like, there's things like that. Like, just for instance, in a job that I had um, prior to doing infinite banking, you know, I learned a way from my employer of how to do things. And I just thought that was the right way to do it. I never questioned the thinking or the process behind it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Infinite banking is a different paradigm. We're, we're working towards controlling the banking function in our lives. To do that, we have to think differently than the rest of, um, than what everybody else is doing, the herd, yes. so to speak. Yep. And Nelson, he goes on in here to say that when you start making these payments to your own banking system that you would have made to someone else's banking system, then you start reaping the profits that they reap. Absolutely. I mean, your money is always working for you in your system. No lost opportunity cost when you're using the policy. You're just creating a system that provides tailwind to your financial situation that gets better and better and better as time goes on. Mm -hmm. So getting back to the topic of this, wouldn't you want as much of your possible income going into a policy? Yes. Okay. That doesn't happen right away though. You have to start with, with what's comfortable for you. Kyle and I each studied this for seven months. We had a very good grasp on the concept. We started very large policies. We're paying very high premiums into this. For people that aren't willing to go as deep as we did, you know, me, myself as a practitioner, I wouldn't recommend somebody doing what I did um, just because of the level of understanding. But it still makes sense for them. I just, if you don't understand something fully, you don't want to dump uh, jump head over heels into this, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. And, uh, Nelson, he goes on here to talk about using these policies to self-insure like your, um, your, your vehicle, vehicle insurance comp and collision. He says, you know, you don't want to do the liability insurance because that protects against lawsuits. But I mean, there's some different thoughts on this. Like for some people, I think this would be feasible for others. I mean, probably not, depending on the experience level of the driver. Um, How responsible you are just in general yeah. with your policy and in life. Mm-hmm. I think I think it can be done. I mean, it, that's another thing that depends on your comfort level. Absolutely. And and the cap, how much capitalization you've done, because sure. you don't want to do this with a small amount of capital. No, he's, but he says you go and talk to you know your local car insurance salesman and See what, if you have $500 deductibles on your car, see what that would cost you to buy from the car insurance salesman. He uses the example of, oh, it's 750 bucks. He's like, well, pay $1,000 a month. And yeah, I think, I think it can work. It, it goes back to your understanding. And yeah, if you, if you are starting to do that and you have a $70,000 vehicle, I mean, I might be a little... (laughs) <laughs> nervous about you know that i i have the full coverage on a couple of vehicles but it's very high deductible like two thousand bucks just in case catastrophic you know right so 
I mean, most most of the time with your five hundred dollar deductible and you have a thousand dollar bill, you're probably just going to pay the thousand bucks because your insurance is going to go up. Right. Absolutely. I mean, it it makes more sense the more and more that you think about this, guys. Again, that that is not where you start. No, this um, comes later when you have a much better understanding and more comfortable sure. and for sure. And okay, so how do we how do we get all of our income into a policy, okay? I think personally, uh let's use business owners for ex- for example. Business owners, they have expenses. If everything's going right in the business, they're producing more income than they than they are expenses. All that income should be running through a policy, yep. a policy that you control. Not it, right away, eventually. Yes, eventually. And it could happen sooner in this instance, in my opinion, mm-hmm. because you're looking at a, at a business, okay? If you're looking at this in your personal life and you're saying, well, what about, you know, uh, like my personal expenses, you know, I need groceries, um, I have rent to pay for my house, you know, things like that. Okay. Exactly. Uh, a place where we would tell you, no, do not try to put all those expenses through a policy right away. Mm-hmm. That's where it's going to take maybe 15, 20 years, depending on your own situation, because you have to get a policy up and capitalized and working before that could ever be something that you, you start running through a policy. Yeah. It makes more sense to, I mean, if you're using that Cat uh, or that policy to finance things that are cash flowing, then yeah. you can pay the policy like back. Business. Like business, yes. Or vehicles, if you can save on interest, like if you're going to get a higher interest rate from whatever dealership, you know, you can you can use your policy. Then it makes sense to do that if it can save you some money and puts you in the driver's seat as well. Right. In control. control. Yeah. Control. Um. Another thing, so we're talking about, you know, premium and and premium should equal income. That's what we're talking about right now. Okay. When you repay a policy, that is like, that is also being included in what Nelson Nelson is talking about here in my understanding. So if your income's 80,000, he's not saying have $80,000 worth of premium to pay every year. But all $80,000 should be going through a policy, okay? Maybe that's $40,000 of premium and $40,000 of policy loan that's being paid back every year, okay? So don't misunderstand this as all just new premium that's going into a policy either. Mm-hmm. And we get this false sense, which it's been said before, you know, we, we put all this money in here and then we take policy loans and these policy loans make us money. I, that... That is not true. That is very misleading, right? There is no place where you can just access money for free. Yeah. I mean, this is not free money. There's no such thing as free money. No. And the interest you pay goes to the insurance company. Yep. It does not go to your policy. No. It is okay to contribute to the profitability of the company that you have your life insurance policy with, though. Because because you're a part owner. You're participating in the profits. Yes. Yep. (laughs) That's why we use mutual companies. Absolutely. It just makes the most, um, when you look at it, like they have the most in line aligned philosophy with what infinite banking is. Yes. So anything else that you're, that you're wanting to hit on here too, Kyle? Well, he says at the end here to remember to play the game, whatever the next door neighbor would have to do to refinance his house with a new mortgage you do to yourself 
at your own banking system. So this doesn't just have to apply to the mortgage. We think the mortgage should be the last thing you should tackle as well. But just if you're going to finance equipment, pay yourself back an in interest what um, the financer would charge you. So maybe through John Deere, you're getting 2.5% interest, but you know if you went through farm credit, it's 4 or 5. We'll just pay that back at extra interest. Pay that extra 25 1.5% to your policy. It doesn't that doesn't automatically create, you know, magical income. It's you'll pay your policy loan off quicker and you can also start a side account where whether it's another checking account, some type of savings account with a bank where you can build up this extra income and then start a new policy. Right, because maybe you don't want to start a policy that's 60 dollars of premium per month or something like no. that, you know, because that's how much extra interest that you're paying to your policy. Yeah. Maybe you want to wait until you can get that up to 300, 400, 500 bucks a month. You know, everybody's situation is different, mm -hmm. but just try to take these as little insights, you know. Yep. And, you know, we should also say that we never, um, I did get to speak to Nelson one time. It was when I was applying to become a practitioner with the Nelson Nash Institute. I never got to have in-depth conversations with him about this or anything with infinite banking, to be quite honest. I do listen and read a lot of other practitioners' um, work, whether that's through podcasts, blogs, or uh, YouTube videos that have come out from the Nelson Nash Institute, um, which they record. Um, so we, we grab as much of this knowledge as we can that Nelson shared with everybody, <clears throat> but we didn't ever get to personally have this talk with him. I think that is important to let people know. No, and yeah, everybody seems to have a different take. Even those who have, you know, had relationships with Nelson still seem to have a little different take than everybody. That's true. So, <clears throat> and I have also, sorry to interrupt, but I've heard uh, people also say that Nelson was including dividends as income because yeah. the dividend is really just premium going back into the policy when you're purchasing paid up additions. Yep. Okay. Um, if that's what Nelson was, was thinking, you know, with this section, I'm not exactly sure. Um, but that's another thing that I've also heard spoken about. Well, like with so many other things, with the infinite banking concept, really the possibilities are infinite. So you, you can do it as you see fit. Right. And I think that at the end of the day, what what this should come down to is you want to pay as much premium as you possibly can. Don't make it something that puts you in a bad position though, you know, no. especially early on when you're capitalizing the policies. I think that's a great piece of advice there. So anything else, Kyle? Uh, no, I, I think we have this one covered. Okay. Thanks again for tuning in everybody. And we'll talk to you next week. This was the Cash Value Solutions Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Check us out at cashvaluesolutions.com. And don't forget to tune in next week.